When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dare to Self Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. This is a special episode because I actually truly manifested this. Lucy has been on my list my dream guest list since I first launched the podcast, didn't even interview anyone yet. I have a few of those people actually coming on, dream guests from before I even launched the podcast, so I'm super excited, all good things, and as you know, if you've been following my socials or been listening to the last few weeks of this podcast, I have officially moved. I moved in with my boyfriend, Ethan, and that's definitely what's in alignment for me this week, so let's get started on that. What was in alignment for me this week was moving in with Ethan. So we are so good about just like laughing things off and staying calm, not letting the craziness of moving and all the random shit that you have to do, like we don't let it get us in a bad mood or get angry. And I'm just really proud of how we're working as a team. So that's definitely been, you know, I'll dive into more of that when we go into what was out of alignment this week because there's just a lot of chaos going on and I guess what's in alignment is just how we're handling it together and then also just being on the west side oh, it is so nice I'm so used to I so basically in New York you have to choose space or location when you're on a budget there's no you know living in Manhattan living in the best location living in the west village and then also having like a huge nice apartment That's just not how it works here. So this time we chose the location. We chose more of a like walk-up situation, walk-up building, village. We have the exposed brick vibe as opposed to my last apartment was more of, you know, the luxury building in a not-so-nice area. So give and take here. But it is, you know, we've been like cooped up trying to get settled and going a little crazy and stir-crazy in this small apartment trying to get everything set up. But the second we just walk outside, oh, there's sirens. It is what it is. The second, basically yesterday morning, we woke up and I was like, I need to go buy a nice coffee. Like that is, that's my favorite thing to do. Like just go for a walk, go to a nice coffee shop, pick up a nice coffee, go for a walk. And that's what we did. So found the cutest little iced coffee, not iced coffee, the cutest little coffee shop right around the corner from our apartment. And it had the best coffee. And then we just took a walk around along the west side, along the water. And we were just like, okay, this is why we moved here. This is so nice. I mean, it's just so pleasant going for a walk. Then Ethan went for a run. And I continued my walk, listened to a podcast. And I did the same walk. I lived in Murray Hill, which is like midtown. And then the only place to walk along the water is along the East River. And it's just like not 
nice. There's trash everywhere. But I always did that walk because I needed to get out of the apartment. And I'm just so excited because there's so many nice walks to do on the west side. Anytime I need to go for a walk, it's just going to be so pleasant. And yeah, so that just made us feel so much more at peace with our decision. And another thing that was in alignment is we still worked out every day. So the morning that we moved from Ethan's house, because essentially, little recap, I moved on Wednesday, had to get out of my old apartment. So I had movers come, moved everything into this apartment terrible moving experience the movers hated my guts I was like do you want bagels do you want waters like I'm like that person that when people are like upset with me or huffing and puffing like I just feel so bad and I'm like trying to do everything I can to fix it and they just kept charging me more because they got a ticket and because it was one more flight up than they had anticipated so they just kept charging me I was here alone while Ethan was in Long Island packing up and it was just utter chaos it was awful If you actually, I'm going to record an episode with Ethan tonight, so it should go up next week on like moving in together and we're doing a little, we did, we posted like a QA and a on my Instagram so you guys could drop questions. I'll repost it one more time or just DM me if you have any questions you want us to answer. Jen underscore Lauren with two N's on Instagram or dare to self care pod on Instagram. Feel free to drop any questions you have for us, but we'll, we'll get into the whole story of moving day because I would FaceTime Ethan every hour, and like one hour I was hysterically crying. The next hour I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. Everything's great. I was just like off my rocker that day. So then after the movers came and dropped everything here, the following day my uh, my our new apartment needed to repaint the apartment and everything because they didn't get a chance to because the old people moved out and I had to move in the next day. So Moved my stuff in the next day, still in boxes and everything, and then I went to Ethan's in Long Island for a few days while the people here repainted and whatnot. So then on Saturday, Ethan and I drove in his car from home or his parents' car from Long Island and drove all his stuff in and officially started the move-in process. So we worked out that morning outside, we got a great workout in, and then we moved in. So we were really like working out every day. We were so active, got so many steps in from, like, carrying his dresser in here. I mean, it was a lot, but I'm just glad we were active because I feel like in big life moments you can really, you know, lose sight of your workout routine and feel super shitty because we were eating pizza and all that. But we, we made sure to work out, and we were also just naturally super active with the move. And I want to say, yes, Sunday night, we took a city bike. There's a nice city bike docking station right on our street, which is so nice. Sorry about that ding. And we took our bikes to go get Indian food, which is our favorite, favorite thing to do. And we're just really trying to make the best of it. We had a lot of, like, fun walks, and we went to get Indian food, and all of these things just made the move-in process a little bit better, a little bit brighter. So that was all what was in alignment for me this week. I hope you guys had a great week as well. And then what was out of alignment was naturally moving sucks, guys. Like, moving in New York City in the summer sucks. Especially when you have a tiny apartment because it's not like when you move into a big luxury apartment and you can just like keep boxes in little corners and little like rooms and closets and like gradually unpack. It's like, no, if there's a box unpacked, it's in your way. (laughs) So we just feel really out of sorts. I don't feel comfortable here right now. Um, I mean, I love the location. I'm very thrilled with everything. I just don't feel comfortable. Like, 
there's a TV in my way because it's not hung up yet. There's things everywhere because we don't have proper shelves yet. And it's just like everyone, you know, honestly, every time someone texts me like, oh, my God, how's the move? So excited. I just want to scream like I don't want to answer because the reality is like it's not that glamorous. It's really hard. It's really hard when you're moving into a tiny apartment. But like I said before, to end it on high note, I really wouldn't want to go through it with anyone else. We get each other out of our bad moods. We laugh it off, and that's what you need in these types of situations. I kind of hate when I'm, like, traveling with people who let it get to them, and they're just in a bad mood and can't shake it off. Like, we laugh it off. We go for a dinner. We get out of the apartment. We go for a walk, and then we come back and reconvene and keep doing things. So I wouldn't want to be doing this with anyone else. I'm super excited at the end of the day, but it's hard moving into a tiny apartment and getting settled. It's really hard, so... Let's breathe in more what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. Oh, that felt good. (laughs) I needed an aggressive one today. This week we have on the podcast Lucy Fink. She is a curious content creator helping you tap into your limitless creativity to design a beautiful life. She is a 28-year-old video producer living in New York City. She got started in the media world as the face of Refinery29's video team. If you go to Refinery29's page, you'll see Try Living with Lucy. She did these five-day challenges, and now she creates original video content for millions across YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and more on her own platforms. And I highly encourage you to go over to her YouTube video to watch her story or watch listen to other podcasts. She always talks about her story starting pre-med as a neuroscience major at John Hopkins University, and then pivoting and really wanting to become talent and everything she did to get that job at Refinery29 and everything that led to that. She talks about that on literally every podcast. She has a video on her channel about that. So I wanted to take it a step further and talk to her about what has happened since then. So if you want more background, we definitely give you enough context. So don't worry about that. I mean, I just wanted to talk to her about things that she hasn't really talked about on other podcasts. So I was super excited to get to do that, and let's get into the topics we spoke about. So we spoke about her very specific, very interesting meditation tool she uses. We spoke about marrying her high school sweetheart and being independent in a relationship, because I can obviously relate to being with your high school sweetheart and everything that comes with that. We, of course, talk pregnancy updates, working out while pregnant, how it's affected her physical and mental health, how it's affected her relationship. And then we get into how she manages her content creation and entrepreneurship, really breaking down her workflow, her team, how to hire people smarter than you, her top social media strategy tips, how to optimize and showcase big life moments on social media for growth, while also maintaining that intimacy in your personal life for those huge milestones. And then we get into how to use shot lists and B-roll to produce better content, how to produce and shoot more professional content and everything in between. So enjoy the episode. And before you do, please be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel and of course Lucy's. I have been recording a bunch of moving vlogs. I vlogged the few days from me moving and packing to going to Long Island to then coming back here and starting to get unpacked. And There's more to come. I'm going to be organizing all day on Wednesday tomorrow with my friend who is a professional organizer, so I will definitely be vlogging that as well. So be sure to subscribe to me over there so that you don't miss out on any of these moving vlogs. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. 
to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you're here. You have been on my like dream list of podcast guests since I started the podcast. So oh, I feel like oh. I manifested this and I'm very excited. <laughs> I am honored. Thank you for having me. Of course. So we have to start every episode with your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success. Wow. Okay. So I think the number one thing for me, I'm going to have to go with meditation. And it's not something that I'm extremely religious about, at least right now. Actually, ever since I got pregnant, I have found that I haven't been meditating that much, although it was something that I really always said I wanted to do once I got pregnant. <laughs> but surprisingly, I guess in a, a good way, I've been feeling relatively calm and at ease throughout the pregnancy. So I haven't felt the need to meditate as much as I used to feel the need. But I think anytime I'm finding myself unwinding or if I'm just like, you know, have a lot on my mind, just giving myself a little bit of silence and space to just breathe, it really physically alters my body. And then, you know, the mental effects are incredible too. So do you use an app for that or do you just sit in silence? Like what's your meditation routine? So I have used various apps. I've tried using Headspace. I've used Insights Timer. All these apps have, you know, good 15-minute, 10-minute meditations that you can follow. I find that honestly just going on YouTube and typing in like 10-minute free meditation is a free way to get sometimes, you know, the same or even better content. But in more recent days, like before I got pregnant, when I was on a real good schedule with it, I often just would sit in silence and do some of my own things. So like a body scan or some sort of a visualization exercise. One thing I love to do that's kind of weird is I'll sit and just visualize that my brain is coming out of my head and that it's being like washed in front of me. And I'll like watch it be sprayed down with like a cleaning solution and soap and almost like stretched and contracted so that like all the like dirt and grit falls out of it. And then I'll put it back in my head and like seal my head up. And the whole meditation exercise will just leave me feeling like I've cleaned out my brain. I have never heard that before. Did you learn <laughs> that somewhere? Or was that just like one day you were like, I need to get all of this shit out of my head and you just started visualizing it? Honestly, I'm going to take credit for it. I, don't, wow. I had not seen it anywhere. I just imagined it. And the way I like to describe what I was imagining was if you envision like an old fashioned, I guess they were like VHS tapes with like the mm -hmm. tape that's in it. I just imagined that my brain was cluttered up with like strips of this tape, almost like long strips of seaweed. And I would just imagine myself like pulling the seaweed out or like some spots where it got stuck, I would imagine like snipping it and like pulling it out so that it was like really cleansing. And I didn't see it anywhere. I just, that's what I felt like my brain felt like one day. And I thought the only way to clean it is to take it out, shake it up, get it really soapy with water and <laughs> pull out all the strips of seaweed that are clogging up my brain and then put a fresh clean brain back in my head so that I can move on with the day. I love that so much. <laughs> I'm it's gonna a really try helpful that. exercise. Yeah, definitely. I would recommend that to anyone who feels like they just have a lot of stuff on their mind, like physically, then you can clear it all off your mind. 
Yeah, and it also like kind of gives you an activity to do so that your mind doesn't completely start racing and like you just open your eyes and you're like, all right, I'm over this. It gives you like an activity where you're literally cleaning and like cleansing and then you also feel energetically cleansed after. I'm totally going to try that. Oh, yeah, and you can get creative with it. Like I sometimes even take time in my brain to envision the cleaning solution that I'm making to spray it down with. So like I used to do it where I'd be like, okay, now I'm adding the filtered water. Now I'm putting distilled white vinegar in there. Now I'm adding a little apple cider vinegar, like a real organic brain cleansing (laughs) mixture. And then when I shake it up, I imagine it got really soapy. And then actually my dad has this power washer that he uses to power wash the deck Mm -hmm. outside. And I envision it being like that sort of a spray where it's like you spray it on the brain and it's like in, you know, very precise strips, you're like cleaning it off. (laughs) I love how specific you're getting. I know. So that's my (laughs) self-care routine. If anyone wants to power wash their brain with me. I love it. It's similar to in a very different way, but like sometimes I'll breathe in something I want more of like confidence, let's say, and then like breathe out anxiety or something like that. Having something to just cling on to like an activity really helps me stay in it longer. Yes. And I find that for me, when I'm the most stressed and anxious, I can notice physically that my breathing is happening like all from the ribs up. Like I'm not actually letting the breath go into my belly and like expand my belly. And so sitting and giving myself that meditation time, I can feel a difference in how I'm breathing and just it totally makes a difference. Yeah, I totally relate to that. Well, you also mentioned you're pregnant, which I obviously knew, but congratulations on your pregnancy. Thank you. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a lot better than I was in the early first trimester. I'm currently 22 weeks, so oddly enough, more than halfway through, which is crazy. Crazy. Um, But, you know, the first trimester was rough with nausea and just feeling icky the whole time. And thankfully, I'm mostly past that. With the exception of sometimes at night, I still feel like super bloated after dinner and I guess icky is the word, like I'm just uncomfortable. Um, But my big issue at the moment is back pain, which I did have a little bit of before pregnancy. So I don't know. I'm hoping that I just overdid it a little with a workout program that I started because I I got really inspired to work out and I think it was because I was feeling so good. I was like... I'm going to be normal and work out. And then I, I maybe overdid it. I did like nine days in a row of this program and started to notice intense back pain. So I'm hoping that if I give it a rest, the back pain goes away. Cause my belly's like not that big yet. There's no reason why I should be feeling back pain from like weight yet. Right. Were you someone who worked out before pregnancy and then you just sort of took a break cause you were feeling awful or you were re-inspired for the first time during pregnancy. I basically, I was intermittent. I would never say I was like Mm -hmm. an intense exerciser. I used to do yoga a couple times a week. And then every so often I knew that doing something cardio related or something like strength related, whether it's, you know, light weights or some sort of a Pilates type class or bar, I... I knew that I should be mixing that in with the yoga. So I would probably do something like that, you know, on average once a week. And then the first trimester, I just basically didn't move yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> so going into the second trimester, I think it was a call that I took with a 
birthing coach, I was like taking a call with this woman to see if I wanted to work with her. And she asked me very casually, she was like, you've still been moving and staying active, right? And I, <laughs> I lied to her on the phone because I felt <laughs> the stress. I was like, oh yeah, for sure. And then I yeah. hung up and said to my husband, like, I need to be active. And we, we are pretty active. Like I, my job keeps me pretty active. I don't have mm-hmm. like a glue to my desk job. So I'm constantly moving around the apartment and I do walk a lot around the city and, you know, we ride bikes. I've recently gotten into city bikes. So I'm, I'm active in that way, but I definitely was not doing regular workouts right. throughout the pregnancy until I got that burst of inspo and then it backfired. <laughs> Well, congrats on starting again. <laughs> Thank you. Sounds like it's going really well. <laughs> yeah, it's going great. Just blew out my back quick week and now we'll we'll get back into it soon. It's all worth it. It's okay. Um, I did want to ask you, I could be wrong, but have you been with your husband since high school? I have been. Okay, so me too. And it's really? very rare. Yeah. Oh, very rare. Oh, I love hearing that. I, I actually... I feel like I think it's less rare than it is because my parents were also high school sweethearts. No and way. Yeah. And because I've posted about it so much, I've received so many messages from other people that are with their high school right. sweethearts. So I feel like it's like, oh, everyone's with their high school sweetheart. <laughs> but I realize it's it's rare for sure. Yeah. I honestly don't know many people who can relate to that. And when I find someone, I'm like, you get it. You get it. And yes. actually, do you know Rachel Mansfield? Mm-hmm. So I just, she was on my podcast like a few weeks ago and she also, not since high school, but she's been with her boyfriend since college for a really long time. And we were talking about, and I'm curious if you feel the same way. Like I, you know, when people like, okay, people will say to me, like, you've been with the same person for so long. Aren't you bored? Like questions like that. And I'm always like, I don't feel like I've been with the same person or in the same relationship for 10 years. I feel like Every chapter has been different, like the high school chapter, college, post-college, then like we're about to move in together. Like every chapter is different and you like grow and evolve individually and together. So I'm curious if you relate to that and also how you would describe your relationship in this phase right now, if so. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. That's something I haven't thought of. That's actually a good response to people. Like I genuinely (laughs) feel... Like not only our relationship has evolved and morphed over the years, but even just Michael as a person, like he's not who I started dating in high school. He has grown into himself and changed and shifted not only personality wise, but his interests and his career, like everything has evolved. So I fully align with that. Also, my response to that question, which like maybe you can start using too. (laughs) I I just think this is funny because all throughout college, when I was with Michael long distance, I would get, you know, guys at parties asking me like, don't you want to see what's out there? Or like, don't you feel like you're missing out? You know, that was the constant thing is I'm missing out. Yeah. And it just always made me laugh that people assumed that if you're in a relationship with someone that's like not present in the room, (laughs) that it's like this big sacrifice you're making and that you are just doing it to like appease you're just doing it to you you feel like you need to stay with that person to make them happy and I'm like does it ever cross anyone's mind that like if I wanted to be single and like see what was out there I would do that like I all throughout college I I said to so many people like you know I'm I 
love Michael, but I also love myself so much more. <laughs> and yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't married to him at the time. I was like, you know, I care about myself first and foremost. And yeah, I wanted to work out with him because I love him. But if I met someone at college who I loved more and who I thought would be a better partner for me, by all means, I would have broken up with Michael. Right. But there's no one in the room presenting a better option for me, <laughs> including the boy right in front of me asking me this question. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I felt. Like, I think it's funny that people just assume that you are like stuck in something that you right. don't want to be in as opposed to this is my choice and I'm here because this is what is making me the happiest. Exactly. Like I couldn't, there was never a time where I was like, oh, maybe I should break up with him. I'm not happy. Like I was just always happy. Right. I was happy and I stayed in it. And then it led to us being post-college living together and then getting married. Like there was no, just always were happy. So what's wrong with that? Exactly. And if I was unhappy, I can assure you, I would have gotten out of the situation. Like I didn't feel like I wanted to live my life to make someone else happy. You know, I want to be happy. And I do find, I find it interesting that everyone I've met who has been in a relationship this long they're very independent. Like you would think you'd be more codependent because you're so attached for so long. But I find that, I don't know if it's because you were, we were like becoming into our own at the same time throughout life. So we like had the freedom to also be individuals. And then when you meet up later in life, maybe you just morph into one person. I don't know. That's an interesting take too. And also, I mean, I don't know if you guys went to college together. We, we did. didn't. So like, I know every situation's different, but I actually felt like not going to college together. Well, first of all, even going to college together, because you knew each other from high school, I'm sure you guys felt less of that. We need to spend every second together yeah. the way new relationships feel in the moment. But especially not going to, to school together, you know, I was probably the most independent of all my friends who were dating people locally because I was, you know, in my acapella group, I was in a sorority, I was working for admissions at at college. And I I was just busy all the time doing classwork and extracurriculars and then hanging out with my friends. Whereas a lot of my friends were balancing all that stuff with dating and were basically, if they did have a boyfriend, they ended up like, spending all the time with the boy and didn't have as much time for independent things or being with friends even. So I felt like being in a relationship gave me the most freedom. Right. Because they would make their plans together too. Once they found each other, they would just make all their plans together. But to your point, what you were saying earlier, like we went to college together and we were best friends and we just like wanted the other person to find their people. So we were just like, yeah, go hang out with them. Like, go pledge, go, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but it's interesting because you would think we'd be more attached. Yep. And even I remember at one point, my now husband and I went to visit Vanderbilt together. Like we were both in college and we both had best friends that were at Vanderbilt. So we went the same weekend and we barely hung out the whole weekend. We, I was going to see my friend. He was going to see his friend. And we like ran into each other at a frat party. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, fancy seeing you here had like a brief moment in the bathroom together and then <laughs> went back to our friends. And like, that was, that's how I kind of describe it. Cause obviously we spent a lot of time together over the breaks when we were home, but even when we got the chance to see each other, like we were just independent. And I think that's comes from having the trust and communication trust, that can come yeah. with like a long-term relationship. 
That's very true. Like you trust each other, you know each other to the core. So you know if the other person is not answering your texts or something, it's because they're hanging out with their friends and like they haven't seen their friends in a while, you know? <laughs> like Right. And your question your question was like where oh, is, yes. where are we now? Yeah, like how would you because I always think of every chapter in a relationship because we're different as people in a different situation. It's very different throughout each chapter. And you guys are going through a move, you're pregnant. So like how would you describe it right now? Yeah, it's I mean I feel like we haven't quite wrapped our brains around the baby part of it yet. <laughs> it's I think it's a lot easier for me to wrap my brain around it because it's physically happening to me. So I was just trying to describe to him last night, like I feel as if before I got pregnant, I remember thinking about getting pregnant. And I remember thinking that like, once I got pregnant, I didn't want it to like take over my mind. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to just like be Lucy and then be pregnant on the side. <laughs> on the and side. I was like, it, it's just proving to be a little harder <laughs> than I thought because I physically can't forget that I'm pregnant. Like I even just sitting, I mean, right now it's like I'm sitting and my back hurts or mm-hmm. I'm sitting and I'm feeling a fish move inside of me or like, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting and I'm uncomfortable or I'm starving or in the early days I'm nauseous. So there's, there was always something reminding me And for him, I feel like he can easily go into his office throughout the whole day, just coming out to grab lunch and like, you know, say hi to me in the middle of the day when I'm busy working, you know, at the counter. And I don't like give him a full rundown of what's happening inside my body at all times. So for him, it's really easy to feel like, oh, she's just Lucy with a side of pregnancy. (laughs) But for me, it feels like fully taking over my physical and mental space. Um, And so I don't know if we fully, you know, wrapped our heads around what it means for our relationship to be becoming parents soon. But I will say like, I just feel like our relationship, just the two of us is kind of at its optimal spot right now like we we really wanted to be in this position and I feel so lucky that we were able to get pregnant and like that we're in the position we wanted to be in and um I don't know I find myself not in like a I hope this doesn't sound like super mushy and cheesy but like (laughs) I just find myself looking at him these days with this feeling of just like unconditional love in a way that, you know, I definitely would have said I felt in the past, but it's just so much stronger now. Like I genuinely feel a love for him as if he was a family member, like similar to how I feel towards my parents or siblings, like that sort of care and concern over him, (laughs) Um, which I, you know, I always was I always cared. I was always concerned, but it just feels more, you know, maybe it's because I'm like, okay, I have this thing in my belly. That's like half you and half me. And so I literally like need (laughs) you to stay alive and well and healthy and like take care of your whole physical and mental life because your well-being is my well-being is contingent upon yours. Yeah. And your child's is, which is so crazy. (laughs) That's, really 
interesting's not the word, but like almost exciting for me to hear because I feel that way about my boyfriend, like he's family. And it's just exciting to hear that like it only can get stronger, especially when you enter different like new chapters and family, like getting married and having a child. Like it's just wild how you really do become true family. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I keep thinking about how me and him to this child are going to be what my parents are to me. And like, to me, I always thought of my parents as like, oh, you guys are related. You guys are family. Yeah. (laughs) They're not related. And it's just like, that's what's going to, you know, that's what this child and any of our future children are going to think. And that's, we're starting this new unit that is going to be the new version of what I grew up with considering to be my family, my like nuclear family. So that's a little bit strange that we're just like starting a new family. Yeah. Like your immediate household is going to be different. Like your full family house is going to be a totally different family than you're used to. Exactly. And it's like just with a person that I wasn't related to growing up and now a person that's like half me, half him. It's just very, very weird. And I feel like it's, I don't know, it's definitely an exciting, you do have that to look forward to because I think even though the wedding planning stuff at honeymoon and like, and then obviously pregnancy. And I mean, I don't know if you guys live together yet, but like moving in together or there you go. Two weeks. (laughs) Yep. Moving in together. And even just like moving together to a new spot after you leave that place, like every milestone gets bigger. And we also weren't, we were not the type of couple pre-pregnancy that we, we always like, which surprises people because of how long we've been together. We always kept a lot of mystery with like bathroom, going to the bathroom. (laughs) And um, Michael's not a very like typical boy in the sense of like, he doesn't like fart or burp or none of that. Like it's, we had a lot of mystery and now with the pregnancy, a lot of it is going out the window (laughs) and it's, I don't know. It's an interesting, I always thought that that would make me embarrassed or like giggly, but it's like, (laughs) at this point, it just feels like I'm growing your baby and this is happening. And it's like, we've gotten to a new level of comfort. (laughs) Yeah. That's so interesting. Again, like another thing you would think for long-term couples to be more comfortable and it's not that you're not comfortable, but with that stuff, But it took me way longer than it would my friends who are just starting a relationship now to get comfortable with that too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because in high school, no one really speaks about that or does that. Same with like college. And like that's the bulk of the beginning of the relationship. So it just like sets the tone and then you just get used to it. But my boyfriend is like poop positive and all he talks (laughs) about is poop. So, But I have never pooped in front of him. But I'm very open about like, I'm going to poop. Do not come near the bathroom. Yeah, we're both – we're very much like we close the door. Yeah. um, And like spray and are just – you know, it's not to say that we haven't like (laughs) – this is going to sound so (laughs) weird. I was going to say not to say we haven't smelled each other's poop. Because obviously when I get you live it. together for five years, <laughs> like you ultimately, if someone goes to the bathroom, like you could smell it. it. And then in a New York City apartment, there's not much room. Yeah. So, you know, we definitely <laughs> have gotten to that point, but we try as hard as we can to be like, you know, I'm going to the bathroom, close the door, don't yeah. come in. 
now we have three bathrooms. So that's amazing. Go to any private bathroom (laughs) in the house and have our own time. But it's the pregnancy has brought that to a new level where it's like, I've been extremely like, especially in the first trimester, I felt so bloated that I was just like burping all the time. And in the beginning, it was like, we would giggle about it. And then (laughs) now he's just like, whoa, that was a big one. (laughs) It's uncontrollable. And I always blame it on the baby. I'm like, that one. I was going to say, you have an excuse now, so it's fine. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I want to get into a little bit of like the business of it all. So obviously, you know, we just spoke about pregnancy, the move, but like you also have multiple businesses, your content creation, like how are you handling all of this right now? Do you have a really great team behind you? Are you delegating? Are you putting some things on pause? Like what are you doing during this time to help? So I have an amazing team at UTA, United Talent Agency, that are like my my agents mm-hmm. and It's actually a team of about three female agents who each have their own female assistants. So it's like a power team of like six women who essentially anytime someone goes to send me an email through Instagram, it goes to them. Like I don't even see it. It goes right to the United Talent email. And so they funnel all the incoming requests of Most of those, I would assume, are either brands that want to do a paid partnership or companies that just want to send like gifted items and hopefully be featured somewhere. So they get all those emails and will reach out to me if there's an offer that they received or to check if I want any gifted items that are being offered. But that probably saves my inbox a lot of space to have that line of defense. And just the amount that they do is so so useful like when I was working at refinery 29 and I was doing all that on my own like negotiating deals and taking the calls with brands that was such a huge part of what I did and now so much of what I do is I'll get the email from UTA that says the offer Mm -hmm. and I'll decide if I want to move forward with it and then my job is to like actually create the content and you know, take the photos, capture the videos, shoot, edit, produce, and then send it back to UTA to go get approval from the brand. And oftentimes I'm not even in touch with the brand at all. So that team is incredible. I also recently, or I'm saying recently, but it's been over a year around my wedding time, I hired a content manager who's like a young girl in New York around my age who does a lot of also video creation and she also lives near me so she comes over to shoot a lot of content and edit a lot of content and she used to work for another big influencer so she was really well versed with creating sponsored stories and sponsored video content and so she is kind of like my right hand producer helper with all that stuff and then I also hired a virtual assistant who I work with who lives in somewhere in the south I think it's maybe Virginia. Um, and she does a lot of like my back end design work, like my YouTube thumbnail content creation, YouTube description boxes, all my Instagram stories that promote my YouTube content, um, managing my website and like uploading my content as a blog on the site. And just anything that needs requires Canva designing or any design. And copywriting, she 
takes care of. So having that support team makes it so I can really focus on, you know, seeing a brief from the brand, coming up with a creative idea, executing it, getting it back to the brand on time, and then being able to upload and post sticking to a timeline. And that has been incredibly helpful. Around the pregnancy, I've just been saying I'm due in December. So I've been saying that like, I'm going to stop taking partnerships towards the end of November. Like I'm not going to do anything that needs to be up in December just because you never know when, when things will start. And then luckily my husband's job, he gets three months of paternity leave and I'm, I'm going to take three months alongside him. So probably through March of 2022, I'll be still, you know, active on social media. I'm assuming I'm going to want to be there and like share a lot of what's happening just organically, but not taking like paid partnerships unless there's like the occasional paid deal that is like newborn related that I feel like is very relevant for the time, but nothing, you know, unrelated to what is going to be happening in my life. Right. Well, I love that you just shed so much light on how much goes into just the content creation side of everything, because you also have a Patreon and consultations and so much else going on. But everything you just mentioned and all the help that you get, you were really only talking about like YouTube, content creation, brand partnerships, and half of the stuff that you do, you didn't even mention. So I actually appreciate that you shed light (laughs) on how much work goes into it because people don't realize it's not even just the creating, the editing, the negotiating with brands, contacting brands, like the contracts and all that. And then producing, creating, editing, uploading, promoting across all platforms. Like it's so much work. And I also just had such a weird full circle moment for you (laughs) because we won't dive into your whole story with like getting your job at Refinery29 and leaving because you have such a great video on your YouTube channel that all of our listeners can go watch. You've also done so many podcast interviews on it and I want to like dive into everything else. But you like when you tell your story in your YouTube video and everything, I feel like so much of the beginning was like you just wanted to be on camera talent and like you would reach out to the Today Show, reach out to agents and whatever. And then when you mentioned your team at UTA, it was just like, such a cool full circle moment that like maybe what seven years ago you wanted so badly and now you're just like fully doing the thing and it's just so cool. Thank you. And I think you're right. I frequently do just focus on talking about the brand partnerships aspect of things because that for me is like, I would say 90 to 95% of my income. And so I always think of you know, I always think like, oh, that's my job is these brand deals. Um, But at the same time, I think it's important for any creator, like anyone who comes to my Instagram account will see that maybe 20% of my content there is actually sponsored content. So there's all this other editorial content that I need to keep up so that people remain interested in the sponsored content when it ultimately comes. Like I definitely wouldn't want every piece of content to just be an ad. Otherwise people would, you know, not everyone's interested in buying stuff. So that's, I I always think of it in terms of the income, but you're right. I do, you know, I have a Patreon page, which for me, that was more of 
my desire to get more into the space of being an educator. And I felt like as a content creator, the one area that I feel differentiates me from other content creators is in my background as a video producer and a person who, you know, first and foremost, not every Instagrammer is a YouTuber. Um, Many are obviously, but a lot of people who are an Instagram influencer don't have a YouTube channel and they've recently gotten into video content, be it on TikTok or Reels, but they, you know, have to hire someone to do it because they don't know how to edit videos or they use, you know, free apps to edit the content or they create it right in TikTok and do it in the player or in Reels. And I I always felt like that's what differentiated me was coming from the behind the scenes of the producer side and really having the hard skills of video editing with Adobe Premiere and adding graphics and a lot of the like hard backend skills that are now becoming so prevalent that like people need. And I remember feeling like I love teaching people how to do these things that I've spent years crafting and learning. And that was where the impetus was for the Patreon was I want to create a community of like aspiring content creators who every month I can teach them something new related to content creation and take a Q&A and just kind of be like a sounding board for them. And and so I've loved having that. Um, but even still, like my team that, you know, the virtual assistant and the person who works for me, like they're very involved with that content too, not just the brand partnership. So that presentation that I actually made a couple months ago on Patreon, like my virtual assistant built that presentation in Canva with my direction of what I wanted to teach that month. And having the support like that, I feel like, you know, it's not necessary to have these people. I could run the business and do everything I'm doing without having amazing YouTube thumbnails or Instagram stories to promote every YouTube video or amazing presentations for Patreon. But it just takes everything to the next level and makes it really professional, especially when you're asking people to pay you to be part of something. I feel like they deserve something visually pleasing. Right. And then, I mean, that's something, if you were doing all that by yourself, you wouldn't make the presentation until like midnight the night before. And then your stress level, like you honestly, with everything you do, if you can afford it and you've been doing this for so many years, like you fully run a media company. It's, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to survive without it, I feel like, because your content is so professional. And I am a part of your Patreon community. And I've tried out a bunch of different courses and mentors and consultations. And like, your Patreon channel is so different. It actually gets into what you need for video content and like what you need to promote across all different platforms. And it's not just like, here's how you read your analytics. It's like, here's how you can, it just like takes it to the next level. And I really haven't seen that type of content anywhere else. It's like, I cannot unsubscribe because I'm just (laughs) continuously learning. Like there's, there's so much more to learn and you bring so much to all of that. So, and I feel like, you know, you are a good example, like someone like you who was in, in the Patreon and who asks questions about, something you want to do personally, I feel like that's really what I love to do is sit with a person and hear, you know, brainstorm ideas of how they can start a series on their Reels page or YouTube channel or TikTok and 
help them come up with ideas for just how to get started because that's that really is where I can put on my producer cap and think, okay, I work at Refinery29 and I need to produce a series about, you know, reviewing fitness classes. What's a good title? What's a good format? Like that's kind of what I love doing. So it's right. so fun for me to have people like you in there. So do you do that also with your one-on-one consultations? Are you still doing those? The one-on-one consultations have mostly been people who are interested in learning just the basics of how to edit using Adobe. So I've just been doing a lot of like one-on-one sessions. Some are, some are starting with the basics where it's like, here's how to pull your footage in. Here's the sizing dimensions you need for every platform. Here's how to cut and add music. But um, as, as we get further, it turns into like graphics, adding text, adding motion graphics, popping up emojis, like sound effects, that kind of stuff. And so that's been mostly what people are looking for. And I've only had one person who wanted to do a consultation that was like, you know, I want to, I have a YouTube channel and here's my current content, but I need feedback and I need to start Mm -hmm. a series. Like that's what I would love to do. So if anyone's listening to this and is a YouTuber or wants to be a YouTuber or even, you know, YouTube aside, it can be video content on any platform. That's really what I love to do is, is ideas of series and just how to create consistent content that will get your channel to grow. I might need to take you up on that and look into that (laughs) because that sounds like me in a nutshell. (laughs) Amazing. Yes. I could definitely send you, I have like a one sheet, one sheeter that basically has, the options of like, if you wanted a one-off session versus Mm -hmm. something um, over once a week for a month or once a week for two months, like different options and they're totally custom. So it's kind of like whatever someone wants. Amazing. I'm definitely going to ask you for that (laughs) after this. Um, So that makes me think like, and it's okay if it's all of it, but what is your like first passion? Is it the videography and editing? Is it like being entrepreneurial? Is it being on camera? Because I feel like it started with being on camera just from knowing your story, but you tell me. I think it really, you know, it's kind of split between being a, like being able to just have someone else film me while I'm being myself and being on camera, whether that's like in a vlog style video or even not vlog, like I, I love doing lifestyle segments where I'm, you know, on, I, when I went on the Rachel Ray show or went on the Today Show, like sitting and talking live about a topic, I feel like is where, you know, like this, where it's just a live recording. It's not being edited. I don't have a script. That's kind of what I, I love communication wise. But at the same time, the second piece is sometimes I don't love this, but other times I love it is the actual editing and pulling together of the video. And I've recently, you know, in the past year, I hired an editing company that I basically can send all the footage for a video to. And I record a short loom video for them where I just walk them through the footage and I tell them like, here's how I want the final edit to be. And then they send me a draft. I give notes. They send me another draft. I give notes. And then we eventually lock it. And it's been useful because so many videos that I produce, particularly like a lot of the vlog style stuff, they're like 20 minute videos. And I definitely just don't feel the need to 
yeah. go through and do the color grading and add the music. And it's just like, I'd rather give notes to someone who else is, who's doing it. But so many of my recent videos, and I think it might be because they're like pregnancy related or just more personal than they ever have been. It's like, I'll shoot the video and then I'm unable to send it to someone <laughs> because I'm just like, I have a vision for how I want this to come together and I need to edit it. Like it's going to be harder for me to get the vision across if someone else does it. And it's going to take more of my time to sit and give notes rather than just pulling it into Premiere and giving myself three hours to just make this what I want. And then I export it and it's done. So that's something I really love. Like my, a lot of my wedding videos, not my actual wedding video that the videography team made, but the videos talking about my wedding and the videos that I've recently posted of finding out I'm pregnant and telling my family I'm pregnant. Like I couldn't give that to someone because it was just so exciting for me to like tell a story and put it together. And so I, I really feel like that's, that's probably it is the the storytelling side. Yeah, that makes sense. And it sounds like you've found like the perfect people for hire and to outsource to. How have you gone about that? Like, it sounds like your content manager worked for another influencer. Is it like through word of mouth? Do you post on Instagram? So my content manager actually reached out to me when I was at Refinery29 and she was working for this other influencer. And we went to get a coffee in the city and she just sort of like wanted to pick my brain. I think at the time she was working at 17 magazine and also maybe doing freelance work for the influencer. And she sort of just said to me casually, like, if you need any help, I really want to do similar stuff to what you're doing. And I'd love to work with you. And I kind of just said like, okay, yeah, but I had no intention of hiring anyone. At that time, mm -hmm. I was still full-time at Refinery, like couldn't envision having an employee or anyone work for me. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, yeah, you know, we followed each other on Instagram. I kept her in the back of my mind. And then it was actually around my wedding. I was planning my honeymoon for the like couple months after my wedding and I remember thinking like I had this vision that my honeymoon, I was going to be completely offline and just like my Instagram was going to go dark for two and a half weeks. And I remembered thinking that I was going to post, like I remembered envisioning my post that I was going to put on Instagram that was like off on my honeymoon, out of office, see you in a few weeks. And then like right before I left, I had this brain blast where I was like, wait, my Instagram is doing really well right now. Like I have a lot of engagement on my channel. People were really excited to see all the wedding content. And now I'm just going to like go away for two and a half weeks and potentially come back to like radio silence <laughs> after I've worked so hard to build this engagement. And I thought, why can't I go on my honeymoon and be completely offline and unplugged, but have someone running and posting on my Instagram regularly Someone that I would tell my audience upfront was not me, but that I've pre-programmed out this content and someone else is managing it and potentially come back from my honeymoon with an even bigger audience than when I left. And like when I had that moment, I was thinking, who can I ask to like run my Instagram? Who understands, who could I trust with that? Like who knows how to post stories? Who can I like 
I had this vision of maybe I can just every so often on my honeymoon, like capture short videos or photos of what I'm doing and just like put it in a shared iPhone, you know, iCloud album and have someone receive it on their phone in New York and then like upload it to Instagram stories the next day with like pretty text to like share what I'm doing without me having to take the time to mock up the text and write everything. The only person I thought of was this girl who (laughs) I had that meeting with because I know she does it for, did it for another influencer. And I knew she was looking for freelance work. So I contacted her just to kind of be like, is this something you would do for me while I'm on my honeymoon? It would be like a two week gig. And she just immediately was like, yes, hundred percent, let's do it. She came over and we basically planned the whole month of content for while I was away. And she was amazing. Like the stories that she made for me, I think I still probably have a honeymoon highlight or like a travel highlight that the stories are in, but the text she added and the way she did it, like it was actually way better than I could do it. And I had my first taste of hiring someone who's better than you at doing something and also just like letting you live your life while your account is still growing and active the way it should be for a business. And as soon as I came back, I remember like towards the end of the honeymoon, I said to my husband, like, I don't think I can ever not have this girl (laughs) working for me. Like, I don't know why I wasn't doing this in New York. Not that I would, not that today she posts my stories all day for me like that we kind of fell out of that because it's pretty easy for me to just upload a story unless I was like you know I'm going on vacation can you do it for me this week for the most part though um she handles like the sponsored content stories and actually like mocking up the text on those and a lot of the other video graphics and production but that's how I found her it was just through that meeting where she reached out to me And then the virtual assistant, I basically spent like a month doing a search on Instagram where I, if you like search in the Instagram search bar for job descriptions, like graphic designer, virtual assistant, people have that in their Instagram bio and it comes up with their names. And I just found this girl who I loved what her page looked like. Like she created really beautiful cohesive graphics that were like speaking to my style Mm -hmm. and I loved what she was doing. And then at the same time, she also had created an online course that she was selling. That was like how to be a virtual assistant. And I knew she had been doing it for years. And I basically set up interviews with probably like three to five people. And I just felt like we clicked personality wise. And then also with what she could do for me, it was just exactly what I needed at the time. So taking it back to the content manager, that is really smart because especially on YouTube, I think you get the most engagement and growth when you're posting about something that's so personal or like a big milestone, like people are really interested in wedding content gender reveals, even like back to school or getting into college, like that's where people find you. But those are also moments that you want to be super present for and in the moment. So I'm curious, I mean, maybe the solution really is just the content manager, but how have you managed that? Especially because right now you're in, you're 
experiences experiencing a ton of milestones and like I'm about to be moving, which is super stressful, but I also know moving in New York City vlogs are really popular and moving in with my boyfriend, really popular, like things like that. But it's also super stressful and hard to like focus on shooting great content while <laughs> you're dealing with stressful and personal situations. So what is your advice on that? So this really started for me around the wedding. I feel like that was the first time when I really wanted to share everything, but at the same time, wanted to be present and also knew that like my husband's not a very like sharing person. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even, he like deleted Instagram from his phone. So he doesn't post anything on his own (laughs) and um, is pretty private in the sense that there are definitely certain things in our life that he you know, will ask me like, can we just do this without filming it? Mm -hmm. And so first and foremost, there's the balance between like, okay, what am I going to film and what is private? And then I think the way that I learned to navigate it during the wedding planning process was there were so many moments that I knew would make for great videos and I knew would perform well and potentially get me new audiences, but that selfishly I wanted to just enjoy as a bride to be be it like picking out my wedding dress Mm -hmm. or, you know, my catering tasting or my flower meetings. Like I didn't want to have to put my producer brain on. I wanted to just be able to sit there and actually choose my favorite dress or choose my favorite flowers and cake and whatever. And the way I dealt with it for the wedding was pretty much any, so at least for the dress, I went in to pick my dress with no cameras. I went in with my sister and my mom and my mother-in-law. And like, we went to Kleinfeld and did a whole day of like, no filming, just trying on. And I actually picked my dress in that day. It was like the last one I tried on in that day. And then once I picked the dress, I reached out to Kleinfeld and basically was like, you know, I'd love to make a video where I'm picking my dress. And now that I know what dress I'm picking I'm gonna show a whole bunch of other dresses in the video and I'm not gonna show the one I ultimately pick but I ended up going back to the store with the camp with a camera person (laughs) who was actually a a videographer that I had worked with at refinery and I just hired him for the day to come follow me to Kleinfeld and to like pretend I was trying on dresses for the first time and I paired the footage that he filmed with like a talking vlog that I made explaining what my experience was like, which I would have always done like after the fact. Um, Obviously, sometimes it's nice in a vlog to have a moment where you're like, you know, I'm here at Kleinfeld, which I easily could have popped in like a vlog style talking to camera moment. But I don't think, you know, the video did really well on my channel. And it was just me sitting at home afterwards talking about it paired with really high quality footage of dresses that I was trying on. And that's how I got around that. Same thing with the tastings and like wedding planning. I would go to all these meetings first and do everything myself. And then I would like recreate it for the cameras. And like, I remember the caterer, we did a whole family tasting that I did not film. And then the caterer, because they want to be featured in the video, was happy to provide like another round of catering that we filmed. And so we did like a whole filmed thing that showed all the different appetizers and meals and like 
they provided it again for the video. And so that's how I got through it with the wedding stuff. Same thing. I mean, with the wedding video, I had no intention of like picking up my phone or camera myself on my wedding day. But I guess that's like the best thing about a wedding is you literally just have cameras like trailing you everywhere. So I got plenty of photos and videos from that day that I was then after the fact able to like sit down. I think we did it on our mini moon. We like sat down for an hour on the porch on our mini moon and talked about what happened at our wedding and then paired it with footage that the videographers captured. So I didn't really have to like take any of our precious time during the wedding to be vlogging that. And, you know, the same thing, obviously some moments are, you can't recreate them. Like you can't recreate a surprise of telling your families that you're right. pregnant or finding out your baby's sex, unless you want people to know that you're staging something. <laughs> so those moments, like I pretty much just thought to myself, like, I know I want to get this on tape and part of it is for YouTube, but also part of it is like, those are such special videos for everyone involved to like be able to look back on and Everyone wants to look back and see their reaction to a surprise. And I just made sure that like, I didn't even have, you know, fancy cameras. I just made sure my cell phone was like propped up leaning against a water bottle somewhere so that I captured those surprise moments. And then as soon as the surprises happened, I turned the phone off and moved on. And the whole video is like me months later talking about the surprises paired with the footage that I captured. And so there's very little like, in the moment vlog, you know, me taking time out of those moments to talk to YouTube. It's like I talked to YouTube after and paired it with the footage. And same thing with our with our whole sex reveal. We filmed it, which Michael at first really didn't want to film it. And I was like, we just have to because <laughs> even if I don't put this on YouTube, like you this, need to have we it. have to yeah. show our families. Um, I always knew I was going to put it on YouTube, yeah. believe it that. <laughs> but um, I told him, you know, well, I'll let you watch it and see before we do. Um, and, <laughs> but when I filmed that, like that was a, a sex reveal that we did alone at home with no one. And it was just like my cell phone capturing it from 15 feet back. And I really felt like it was just a moment. And the fact that we were filming it was like, so besides the point. And so there are ways to, capture what you need to capture in a subtle way, not spend so much time fussing about it in the moment or like feeling like you need to get more footage. It, just to touch on the moving one, I really wanted to do a moving vlog, but I fully like wanted to also move and didn't right. want to be like, I'm producing this while I'm making sure they bring everything. Yeah. So in that case, I hired a videographer to like be with us on our whole moving day and I understand not everyone can hire you know a videographer but even if it's not a videographer like a friend can come along and use their cell phone and just record behind the scenes and then you can creatively put it into a video and it it just doesn't need I actually like love that style of video it's almost like documentary style mm -hmm. video instead of a vlog and I'm sure everyone has like a close family member or a friend that would be more than happy to help them move. And if you say, I don't need your help moving, I just want you to record me while I move. It's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, there's, there are ways to pass the camera off to someone or even just set it up like against the window and get 
time-lapse type footage that you can then go back and speak over and make a cohesive video that looks like you, you know, filmed the whole day. I was going to say, before we go into the ending segment, like, do you recommend or, and maybe this is just preference, but I feel like most people would just prop their camera up, but do you think it makes a big difference to have someone sort of follow you around while like you're grabbing boxes and stuff, and then you can sort of talk while you're moving to the camera? Like, do you think that's just a better quality video? I think not necessarily. Like it's, I think it's fine to prop it up. My one solution would be to like do a bunch of angles. Like don't just leave Mm -hmm. it in one spot the whole time. Like move it to the floor and have like a low angle and then put it on the windowsill and then put on the other side of the room so that you can edit it in a way that maybe felt like someone was moving a tripod around and following you. Um, But I do plenty of content, you know, at home vlog style where I just set up my camera or phone on a tripod. And then the way I edit it, it's very like jump cutty. It's like I'm grabbing the blender and then I'm over here and then I'm grabbing this from the drawer. And I like having a wide lens so that you can see a lot in the frame. And it's not just like necessarily the way it is on the iPhone where it's like cropped up tight. But I don't even think you need someone following you. And if you wanted to like pair it with a couple of moments like that, it could even just be, you know, whoever you're with, be it like your boyfriend or family member, just handing them the camera and being like, can you just film me while I like pick up this box and move it here? Right. <laughs> and right. <laughs> honestly, a lot of footage, a lot of stuff in my YouTube videos, especially the videos where I'm doing like, here's a day in my life or I'm moving or whatever. A decent amount of the stuff is me thinking you know, what should be in this video? Oh, if I'm, if I'm moving, like I should lift a box or I should, if I'm doing a cleaning vlog, like I should wipe this table. And a lot of it is like produced. What am I going to film? It's not all just like, here's the real moment of what I'm doing, unless it's actually an authentic, like day in the life vlog. Right. But even those are pre-produced where I have a order of what I'm going to do. And I have a shot list of what I want to shoot And I'm like staging shots for YouTube as a producer would. And like pretty much every YouTuber does that. Yeah. Did you learn that through your time at Refinery? Like how to make the shot list, how to pre-produce a video? Yeah. I think that was one of the the main things that I picked up there was A was like the format of a video and how to make it a rigid, repeatable format that people will come back for. And then – I guess the second thing was, was less learned by anyone specific, but more just learned through watching my own videos back from editors and feeling like, oh, this moment is really boring because there's no footage on top of it. And I'm getting bored just sitting watching this cut. So like, we need to add a graphic here. We need to add footage or text or something to like stimulate people. Mm -hmm. And definitely like that's, I think I definitely learned the ins and outs of production and of saving time at Refinery. Like I remember my five days videos, by the end of my time there, I was shooting five days of XYZ in one day because I would do the five day challenge on my own to like know what I wanted to do. But then when it came to the videographer, like I couldn't have the Refinery videographer follow me all five days they had like other series to produce there so I would book him for one day 
and he'd come to my apartment and I would change my outfit five times and recreate what I did the five days prior. And a lot of it was, you know, here's the shot list of what we need from shot to shot so that I know I don't go into post-production and I'm like missing footage. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Well, I could talk to you for a whole nother hour because I just like selfishly, I'm, I selfishly have so many more questions for you, but we will keep talking because I'm in your Patreon community and I'm definitely going to look into your consultations, but let's go into the ending segment, fun facts and favorites. What is your favorite YouTube channel to watch or a few? One of my ultimate favorites. I actually really love these Australian vloggers. I don't even know how I found them, but <laughs> a couple people like um, Elsa's Wholesome Life, who's a new mom, um, and Sarah's Day, who also is a new mom. Like, I just love, they live across the world and they actually both have sons. So I'm joining their little ranks, but I just love the way they vlog because I was never so much a vlogger. I was always, you know, educational lifestyle videos of like experiments and here's what I learned. And when I watch their vlogs, it inspires me to loosen up my content a bit and just maybe make more vlogs. Cause I'm like, if this is what I like watching, there's gotta be a whole market of people that really just like casual day in the life stuff. Right. So that's definitely inspired a lot on my channel. I have a video coming out um, this Friday, which I'm sure will be live by the time this goes up. That's yes. just like a morning in my New York city apartment. And I really just like, no one came over to film that. I really just was talking to the camera for the whole morning. So it, that kind of stuff inspires me. And then I also love watching um, a lot of Hawaii content. I've never been to Hawaii, but I am obsessed with Hawaii <laughs> and always have dreamt of going and I'm sure I'll get there one day, but I love watching a lot of the Hawaii moms. It's funny because I've watched like mom vloggers yeah. years before I even wanted to be a mom, but I was always intrigued by their lifestyles. And I'm very, especially living in a city, I'm very intrigued by the life of someone who lives by the ocean and like grows their own avocados and papayas and just like yeah. picks their kale for their smoothies. So I watch a lot of that content. <laughs> I agree. I love watching people who aren't in the city and it's like a mm-hmm. whole different lifestyle. I agree. And I honestly, there's not that many, I don't know of any like New York city YouTubers who I watch, you know, content of like a day in their New York city life. I'm sure there are plenty of people like posting their New York city vlogs, but I don't know of any like huge ones that I watch. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even if there were huge ones, I wouldn't care about it because, like, that's the life I live. So I exactly. want to see the life of someone who's, like, going surfing all day and homeschooling their kids, which is something I'll never do. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, when do you feel your happiest? I feel my happiest when I don't have a lot of projects to do. <laughs> when I feel like I've, like, gotten a lot of stuff completed. Like, I've checked a lot off my to-do list and I just have, like, a lot of family time ahead of me Um, and specifically family time like out of the city in the suburbs by the beach like just getting to go away and relax and know that I don't have anything like major coming up on my plate love that okay lastly what would be your last meal on earth (gasps) oh wow okay does it have to be like a dinner meal 
Could be whatever you want. Oh, okay. We're going to be a spread. Okay. I'm going to build a spread. (laughs) I'm going to go with, first of all, a huge bowl of matzo ball soup and a sourdough grilled cheese. Sorry. I'm like, I've no one else has ever said matzo ball soup and I'm obsessed (laughs) with matzo ball soup. Obsessed. And I, I'm going to go with like the not gluten-free matzo balls and the not gluten-free sourdough because if it's Mm -hmm. my last day, like I'm dying anyway and I'm, Mm -hmm. I have celiac, but I can eat gluten on this day. So you know, huge matzo ball soup and grilled cheese. And then um, I would definitely have a lobster, like a huge huge steamed lobster with melted butter. Yum. And Benihana fried rice. (laughs) Yum. That is my kind of meal. (laughs) A very eclectic mixture that would certainly cause diarrhea in real life, but you know, I'm about to die, whatever. (laughs) For sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can the people find you? So my largest channel right now is YouTube and it's youtube.com slash Lucy B. Fink and Lucy is spelled L-U-C-I-E. And then same thing with Instagram is Lucy B. Fink and TikTok, which is growing faster than any platform is also Lucy B. Fink. So those are the three places I'm on. If people want to look into the Patreon that you're on, it's just patreon.com slash Lucy B. Fink. I've switched all my handles to be Lucy B. Fink. So it's very easy. Um, And if you just go to lucyfink.com, not Lucy B. Fink, but my actual (laughs) website, that's where people can sign up. You know, that's where you'll be able to find all my platforms plus the Patreon and also sign up to join my monthly newsletter. It's actually more like weekly than monthly, but it's not every week. Um, And that's just where I'm going to be updating people. I'm actually going to try to get more people to join the newsletter because there's going to be a lot of upcoming things in my life that I want to share with like my biggest followers first. Mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff around, you know, the nursery that we're building and the new baby like I'm gonna put a lot of stuff on the newsletter before I share it publicly yay I'm excited yay okay thank you so much for coming on I'll talk to you soon thank you yes yes reach out I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there and I will see you guys next week. Bye.